Conservative Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomabete on SAFM. Good evening, Kaki Sopuwe, doctor, independent political analyst. This is The Viewpoint. You're live on air. Oh, no, uh, thanks for having me and uh, also for the great tribute for Pauline Star. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. President Ramaphosa participating over the course of last week and the weekend at the G20 summit, virtually albeit in Saudi Arabia. Your takeouts from that? I hasten to say I didn't follow much of that. Your thoughts and what perhaps South Africans might look forward to? Well, I think there's the two key things that came up for me. is One, the issue of illicit financial flows, which has always been an issue. People remember the top four former President Abu Bakr mm-hmm. report. It's still being followed up. It would be nice to see if it was really implemented, starting at home, because it's, it's an issue that speaks about are you able to control your resources at home? And I think uh, it's very sad to see many of our African countries are not. And I think maybe the second the most disturbing issue is the issue of uh, debt relief on the continent, the fact that a lot of uh, African countries have basically borrowed themselves to their guilt, and we're now having to ask for forgiveness from uh, those uh, multilateral institutions and states, which really just really speaks to the issue of poor governance, which is really... The Zambia and Kenya in particular, right? Yes, uh, Zambia. I think people, if people truly want to understand how bad things can get for a country that seems to think that it's, it's heading in the right direction, but it's not, I urge South Africans to really have a look at what's going to be happening in Zambia in the coming months. Let, let's talk about this conversation that you touched on, which is perhaps a very critical conversation, especially in these strained economic times. How Africa can just change the narrative altogether? I mean, South Africa, in reality, is not too far off having the kind of record that might say we have overborrowed ourselves. We know our debt to GDP ratio is astronomically high. We've gone to the IMF once, twice, or the Bretton Woods institutions, and there really isn't much room for us to find more money for the kinds of projects necessary to reboot our economy. SAA is about to consume 10.5 billion thereof of monies that initially were not appropriated. So South Africa, South Africans themselves ought to be somewhat worried in terms of the kinds of governance that has seen us now recently being downgraded. One more downgrading might find us in the same league as Uganda. Uh, yes, a good way to think about it is South Africa in 2009, uh, 2009, 2008, uh, I think that, uh, the previous government under President Tabon also not from to a it actually got South Africa to a point where they paid off a lot of the internal debt that came that was caused by the outgoing apartheid government. So they basically made a whole nonsense, which we need more studies about. Imagine, we didn't owe a cent to anyone. Now, in that place, from 2009 to where we are now, we're basically, if I had to use, and it's, always, it's not a good thing to do, but if I had to use a, a localized example, as you're an individual, you've basically messed up all your credit cards, and you're just waiting for the 25th to hit. But when the 25th hits, because it's taking so many overjobs, there's nothing you can do. Hence, issues of which we think very daily about, issues of health care, public health care, issues of public, you know, paying for public schooling, those are going to be in danger because when these institutions come in, like any banker, they're going to say, listen, we'll give you money, but what are you going to cut to show us? And it's going to be very painful for everyone, rich and poor alike. I think we might have lost Dr. Kakhis Oboe, independent political analyst, but we are talking about some of the political and economic ramifications of the G20 summit that took place over the weekend, South Africa's President Ramaphosa participating there. He touched on some of the economic issues, particularly how the narrative around African countries very recently, Kenya and Zambia in particular, have borrowed them to a 
point where they cannot borrow anymore and something has to give what precisely it is will have serious political ramifications both for the domestic for the nation itself and the region or and or the continent at large we're now having a conversation about south africa and how we have moved in the last 10 years from relatively a debt-free nation to being a nation that is seriously in debt to the extent that not only have we caught it downgrading after the other, but we now sit precariously close to being junk status. And those ramifications are equally deep. So if you want to participate on some of those issues so far discussed, please do participate. Johannesburg, 714-2006. You will have 90 seconds at which point when the phone or the bell rings, you simply just say cheers, goodbye, because we will be out. But Kachis is now back on the line. He was talking about some of the challenges in relation to finding money in South Africa. That doesn't seem to have a source. I mean, if you consider ESCOM, Dr. Buwe is bankrupt, SABC is bankrupt and the conversations happening in this space are that some 400 employees, long-serving employees among them, will be out of work if the rumors and the kinds of negotiations do not yield the ideal fruits, ideal fruits being keeping employment. Prasa, Petro SA, SAA, Denel, the post office. Goodness, it seems like what this government has touched, it simply has turned not to gold, but to gold dust. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. And I think the sad thing is, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure you probably put it to a better context than I'm doing. The key question we have to ask is, how is it that the previous government was able to look after its population with their state owned entity and other countries like Qatar and even Saudi Arabia to, 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 to a less degree? Yet our government seems to be, it's almost like it's a race to say, how quickly can we destroy these things? And I think we really do need to, I think as a population, wake up and really start participating in, you know, at ground level, to actually put pressure on government to say, listen, you're destroying what should be great inheritances for the next generation. The quickest way, I suppose, is to do what exactly? And I want you to be frank and specific. How do people participate in that process of holding government to account? I'll start right at the bottom, and it's a controversial viewpoint, but if, if I had to ask just your, your average listener, how many of you guys are involved in your political parties, as in ANC structures? If you remember 10 years ago, there was a strategy by Kostak, which is we're going to fill the ranks of the ANC to get the outcomes we want. And I think the, the person heading it was observing the Mavad, and he's telling you about the tsunami. Now, the question is, you as an average citizen, how many of us are involved in a, B, A, and C, or the DA, whichever political party really is your persuasion. So I can get... Uh, we seem to have challenges with Dr. Bu, and it's just about time for a short break. So let's let's take it now, is my proposal. Let's get some calls in. Hashtag Zondo issues criminal complaint against Jacob Zuma after dismissing the recusal application, Brackenfell and all of the matters incidental there, with in particular the conversation that has hogged the conversation on this station today. Police, police sing, brutality, and some of... The narratives coming out of that, I don't want to go too deep because it is a conversation we will have on this station, a very nuanced one, in fact. But nonetheless, tell us what you think of Brackenfell High and matters that happened on Friday last week. 16 days of activism, hashtag Herman Mashaba Africa Check call out on spreading misinformation on undocumented migrants. He really has a thing for this conversation in relation to the movement of persons between borders, does the former Johannesburg mayor, Hemen, otherwise known colloquially. President Ramaphosa G20 address and the AU special envoy to Ethiopia. Geopolitical discussions, especially in relation to the rising civil war that is now happening, albeit small, and small is a relative term, in Ethiopia. After the conversation, we continue. It's 19 past. 
on SAFM. In the absence of calls and comments coming through, let me just read a short little excerpt from an article from Dakwanangadane Zondo to, le- to launch urgent concord application to enforce summons against former President Jacob Zuma. Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo on Monday today said that the Secretary of the State Capture Commission would make an urgent application to the Constitutional Court to compel former President Jacob Zuma to appear before the inquiry again and not leave until he was excused. And perhaps one of the great banes about all of this is, first of all, however it turns out, it doesn't give and lend itself to the credence of the commission, it, it, it brings, however so, a blemish to the name, Chief Justice Sondo, because it's no longer now a legal inquiry. It becomes a very political, politically charged environment, something which he doesn't need, that the judiciary doesn't need as the second in command to Chief Justice Mohueng, and the State Capture Commission itself. It doesn't need all of this political shenanigans that is now currently taking place. Now, the complainant in this matter, initially Mr. Zuma, who is now going to be the subject of a criminal investigation, if not altogether an arrest, is no stranger to the criminal justice system in this country. He is before it on separate matters. It just doesn't go away, it seems. And as they say, and of course, I'm throwing them out today. I suppose you reap what you saw as the context of that in English. Dr. Bue, let's continue the conversation. Hmm, what are your thoughts on police brutality in this country? What are your thoughts on that? Well, look, it's a, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very heavy loaded term, especially if we remember the Marikana situation. And it's one where I think we really, it speaks to, we need to probably overhaul the whole policing system in South Africa, such that we get policed men and women to become part of the community. Because I think we, we still have some level of respect, but uh, maybe I said to be corrected, for law enforcement in the form of police, because I mean, who else are you really going to call? We might not be happy or hundreds about the service we get, but there's still some level of respect. But I think what we need to go towards is the issue of how we professionalize them in such a way that the service you and I get, whether um, you're in Tata Everton or whether you're, you're in Cape Town, you get the same level of service from these men and women. And also, how do we get the best and brightest into this? I wrote an article, I think, earlier in the year saying, until we, we get the best and brightest into police enforcement, you always have people getting in there, which look, I think the thing is, but a job is a job. You know, it's not something, it's like, oh, I go, to, I do it, I don't do it. So I think it speaks about professionalization and also speaks about how do we actually inculcate the issue of saying this is an important thing. And until maybe we get those two or three things right, we'll always have these issues of brutality coming up. I mean, the reason why I'm asking this, this is the statistic that's, okay. Let me give Young an opportunity in Cape Town. I want to revert to this conversation in relation to the policing um, in the country. Young in Cape Town, 90 seconds starts now. Good evening. Young, good evening. Okay, Younger, please call us again. Your line is terrible there. Your 90 seconds will start again when you do call. Um, the private security industry in South Africa is among the largest in the world with over 9,000 registered companies, 450,000 registered active private security guards, and a further 1.5 million qualified but inactive guards. In other words, you can call those reservists. That, for a country that is as small as it is in relation to the global population, is just everything one probably needs to know 
about the criminal justice system in this country, the security force and its effectiveness in this country. Your thoughts on that very quickly, please, Doc. Yeah, but I think it's a larger issue, and I think it's essential the top to say how do you conceptualize the issue of uh, security in this country? The only reason why these private enterprises do well is the state is not there, and we have to ask the question why. Mm. Very beautiful. Selo Makupan, 90 seconds. Thank you, Sundeva. Look, in the light of what happened this morning at the Zondo Commission, what are the options of Jacob Zuma? Because what we had or what we're hearing is what Zonda can do. Is there any legal um, process that Umshuluzi can, 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 can do? And can Zongeza, Umshuluzi, also go there and do what to do Miani did? And if so, how is it going to um, help Zondo and with this um, fact-finding mission. And I think he's going to do that. And then it's not going to help Uzondo to come up with a concrete or mindful conclusion. Thank you, Sondaza. Thank you very much, Selon Makupani. Let's take one voice note. And just before, as while we're getting that voice note ready... For those who want to join, we have all of three minutes. Dr. Gachi Sopoe, who's an independent political analyst, is on the line. After this voice note, maybe we might have time for another voice note, and certainly we'll, we'll have time for at least one call. So please get going. You have just over three minutes left. One voice note, please. Good evening to you, Brother Songezo and listeners. We have another Moody's and Finch downgrade. That's very worrying. What's also worrying is that most African countries have huge debt. They borrow money on the false pretenses that they will use it for their economies and to better the lives of their citizens. But they don't do that. They steal the money through corruption. And I just pray to God daily that South Africa does not do the same thing like other African countries. They borrow and they use it for the citizens, for the country, to build the economy. Thank you so much from Chapter 2. Chapter 2, much appreciated. Your response there, KG? Yes, it's what we started with, which is to say it speaks about poor governance and leadership. And I'm really to tie it into the issue of uh, President Jacob Zuma, the voice note that said, it, look, this all goes back to, and I always make this argument, South Africa is unique in that we don't have natural disasters. I'm talking major earthquakes and winds and water and tsunamis. We don't have disease outside of COVID. Yet this is a country which is only dying because of lack of leadership. Think about any problem we're experiencing at the moment. It's not a natural disaster. It's simply we've got just we're basically kids with non-leadership. And until we get that right, we're not going to go anywhere. There's a lacuna in leadership. That's the thought of Dr. Independent political analyst. Final caller this evening. I'll just read one SMS that has come through before we get our regular KGM on the line. Sakila in Durban just made it. The manner in which government has handled the Bushiri matter, it will continue to influence many cases in our country. The Commission of Inquiry into State Capture will not get support from Zuma and his foundation because it is essentially a delaying tactic to buy time to recall President Ramaphosa and collapse all attempts to have him, Zuma that is, in the Commission or court. Let's go to KGM, 90 seconds. Sakile thereafter with 90 seconds. So between you, there are 180 seconds. Good evening, uh, Songezo, and to your guests and the listeners.
the the biggest catastrophe we have as a country is lack of leadership. The Bushiri matter is one but a good opportunity for the South Africa to cleanse herself of this dichotomy of uh, the greatest proportions. What we need to do as a people, we should not give into politics and only look at leadership from a political point of view, which is the biggest mistake we've made. I believe, as a parting shot, that if we are to put our foot down to exert pressure on our legal, particularly the constitutional court, to make sure that all these have ramifications that will benefit the country, we will get somewhere. Whether it's Zuma, Ramaphosa, or anybody for that matter, nobody is above, and nobody should be above the law. Beautiful. Thank you so much, KGM. Much appreciated. Sakile in Durban. Good evening. What? 90 seconds, yes. Yes, can you hear me? Indeed. Yes, yes. I, I, I really doubt other, other black people when they react when the ESF and the PAC march against racism and they and they and they get so much brutality from the police and some actually laugh at them, you know, some are actually lambasting them for marching. I mean, come on. When these people are marching for racism, it's not about the PAC, it's not about the ESF. They're marching for racism that affects you as a black person. Who are you to lambast them and talk negative things about them? You can disagree with them and their politics or ideology, but when they march against racism, they are not marching for the PAC. It's not about the ESF. It's not about the ANC. Mm-hmm. It's about black people. And you experience racism in this country, and it hasn't gone away. Look at the police. I'm sure. I'm definitely sure. It's those. You 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 saw how the police react when it's quite protesters. You see how the police react when it's black protesters. It's clear that it is a race issue, but yet people, they want to pretend as if the reincarnation, dream, whatever it is, has been achieved. I'm very disappointed in our people. Thank you, Tomazo. Thanks indeed, Sakila. Spoken quite passionately there. You want to close off then this segment, Dr. K.G. Bowe, independent political analyst. Pick and choose whatever you want. Well, I'll stick with the leadership and the future direction of the country. Uh, I think we have to get past this. I don't call these people we have currently leaders. It's people who just happen to find themselves in And I think we just need to really start thinking, how do we get out of this? And these guys are not there to help us. We need to help ourselves. Short, sweet, to the point. Help ourselves. First opportunity, 2021 local government elections. It's never too early to say to you right now register to vote if you have moved places from the last time you voted through the iec institutions make sure you update your details it's a conversation that can only pick up momentum from now on and it is true your destiny or at least this bit is well within your hands voting can't be an option you absolutely cannot complain if you do not participate in the vote that's my thought to you take it leave it even engage it on air i'll be happy 2033